Whenever you're ready. Wow. We, we've started. We The dance has begun. <laughs> the dance has begun. Oh, I didn't open my iced tea. Go for it. I'm going to do it. Too bad it's not going to make a refreshing. Oh, my God. That was pleasing. Uh, <gasps> this go is going to turn into an ASMR podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, fuck you. That sounded so good. My iced tea is really warm, and now I'm really upset. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Welcome to Poor Unfortunate Podcast. I'm Caroline Ametti. And I'm Connor Perkins. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> um, so anything, like, is there anything happening Disney-wise that's exciting? Um, I mean, that probably... We don't want to date this. That'll probably date the episode a whole lot. Well, I mean, you know what? Oh, well, I mean, Disney's like, the Fox deal is done. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. the Fox deal is done. Like, mm-hmm. X-Men... Are now Disney it's properties. So wild. Oh like the, I just need them to buy the Game of Thrones property and make a theme park of that, and then we're good. Fix the last season. Well, you heard it here first, <gasps> but <gasps> definitely <laughs> not first. <laughs> okay, so if we're gonna just you know full on date this episode, tonight is the season it's a series really big finale day today, yeah. of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So she's wearing her "Where Am I Dragon" shirt. Yes, and this was never my favorite Game of Thrones shirt that I had. I liked my Jon Snow one, but now I have to respect my girl now that they've ruined her. That's the fire sound. That's really... Almost as iconic as... Did you watch Lost? I keep forgetting. Yes. As the smoke monster, like... It was like... Like, clang. Yeah, I was trying to think how to do it. I can't. It was like chains rattling. You know what's really cool about about the music of Lost? Michael Giacchino mm. coming through, but he used um, as part of the percussion. He had them ship him to the studio pieces of the plane that they used in the pilot episode. Wow! And pieces of the plane are used in the percussion section. And that is some Disney level. Oh, that's it's ABC. Why, that's... Is it? Oh, it was Fox. Was was it ABC? Yeah. I didn't watch it when it was on. That was when I did my my two week, two and a half week, all of Lost, yes. like dark place binge. But I mean, that's why Michael Giacchino works for Disney. That's mm-hmm. why he does Inside Out. Only that's the best of the best. Up, like. Oh yes, Up is so triggering for me. Like I was actually in the Disney store yesterday and having perfectly fine time. And then when they play Married Life, I, I have oh, to did leave. You hear that car? <gasps> well, somebody's cart. It's a smoke monster. I wonder, can you? Is that is the microphone picking up the person rattling? I, th- I, I think it is. Maybe I should. New just... York City, baby. Hold for cart. What is the? <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> And we're dead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it comes out after that. It's the last thing anybody hears from us, is this? Yeah, except this isn't even broadcast. So it's just like... Somebody uh, will find it on a computer. Um, so we're tackling... Uh-oh. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Go, go for it. Go for it. I'm he good. reached to the computer looking very afraid. Oh, no, no, no. Um, so today, with this influx of live-action Disney movies happening, we wanted to focus on two specific ones. Two mm-hmm. of the first... Um, yeah, so, oh, well, we should we should say that this week our structure is going to be different from mm-hmm. what it was um, where before we've... Gotta keep we've, you guys interested. Yes, before we've had a structure of a rant and a rave. So we're going to try and give you some different structures each episode sort of like in a cycle just to sort of, you know, shake things up a bit. Yeah. So this week our structure is going to be... Blank versus blank, so... And I just, I think we came to this because we also... 
we're like the same person and so we have a lot of the same opinions on yeah. things so we can't always like debate it out because yeah we think the same thing i mean some sometimes it'll be a debate sometimes it won't yeah um but this this week we wanted to do um sort of like pitting two similar things against each other and see which one wins out which we are in agreement this week i look forward to weeks that we are not in agreement Ooh, things get tense we... when we don't agree oh things God. get really really it's gonna be wild bernadette peters versus Catherine zeta jones that should be a little like 10 minute bonus episode i know yeah <laughs> nothing, to, to nothing to do with disney <laughs> um but uh so this week we are doing a no, this week we are pitting the live action Cinderella remake 2015 against, against Beauty and the Beast live action 2017. Let the games begin. So yeah, let the games begin. Okay. Um. So we rewatched each film, took some notes together. Say... We took we took notes for yes. Cinderella. I got. I got Beauty two, and the Beast two and a half <laughs> two and a half pages. Um, Beauty and the Beast. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. And I would pages. say for both of us, and we did some special features as well. We did. Oh yeah, those are so interesting. Yeah. I have some notes on those too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say for both of us, the viewings of those movies were about like maybe like the fourth time, fifth time watching each movie. Maybe? I think that was maybe my fourth time watching or, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Might be I more think, for Cinderella. I've I think that, that was maybe my sixth or seventh time watching Cinderella so you know what let me just kick it right off by saying my Cinderella count is higher because that's something because it's a better movie (laughs) oh we gave away the ending spoiler alert spoiler it's a better movie (laughs) 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 um like the same way that we turn to Disney animated features for sometimes like comfort or something just Mm -hmm. fun and relaxing to watch that's why I watch that Cinderella movie less than I watch the Beauty and the Beast 2017 but let's just start off with Cinderella. Wait, hon. What did you say? I, I turned to... Oh, did I say fewer? Yeah, you said it's fewer. because I was thinking about grammar. And then I... Fuck I, grammar. Wait a <laughs> Screw it. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Okay. <laughs> Take it from one. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling. Actually. Speed. As if. Go. Um... <laughs> I don't even remember. I'm not going to... It wasn't even a great point. I watch it more. It's really... It's a better movie. Yeah, you watch it because it's a comfort film. It's... It's just more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, and it's easier to have on in the background than... I've put it on... A CGI mess. And I... Yeah. mm, Ooh, shots fired. I've also... I've put it on, like, when I'm feeling really down. Mm -hmm. It's actually really... It's really boosted my mood. So let's talk about Cinderella first. Great. So let's talk talk about some... Cindy. Cindy. Um, so Cinderella came out in 2015, directed by Kenneth Branagh. I which mean, already, already biased. <laughs> already is a great decision. Um, and it, the budget was $100 million. $100 million. <laughs> is that right? They said dollars. it out loud. I wrote it down. I know it's true, but that is it just is, wild. It is. That is a hefty amount of money. Yeah. That is a lot of money. And in the special features, which I actually really Those encourage so you enjoyable. to watch... The special features on Cinderella. There's a lot of really interesting stuff. Particularly, watch the one of how they staged and ca- and cast and costumed the extras for the ball sequence. You wouldn't even believe the level, um, the level of detail. Like they are renting, like actual, like some ac- crown jewels. Yes, from place. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like God. like actual, very important mm-hmm. jewelry to put on extras. Because they were like, this is important. Like, we're going to do this and we're going to go all the way and we are going to do it so right. And they they showed Kenneth speaking, you know, through his bullhorn to the extras right before they were going to start rolling. And he's, I wrote it down because I loved it. He says, have an excellent time. We're all going to Cinderella's ball. And like, if that's the vibe on the set, how could it not be a good movie? I agree. Uh, I agree. I mean, and we're already winning. The, the, uh, we win already because Lily James is playing Cinderella. And I will fight to the death if anybody argues. I don't know why you would argue that. But I, I, don't I think that's half of the victory of this movie. Yeah, I think the other half is... Also Richard Madden as the prince. Richard Madden, Kate Blanchett, Helena Bottom Carter. Oh, I mean, you've got um, 
Oh, oh my gosh. The, um, oh, I love them. I feel really bad. You got Derek the Jack- Sex Sisters are, are just so wonderful. I've seen them in other... Like, we've both seen them in other things. They're wonderful. Derek Jacoby is the king? Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, like, my goodness. Woof. And then... My lady, Haley Atwell, which begins my very first note yes, from I the saw rewatch. You, I saw you writing furiously at the intro. Haley Atwell, bless. Not enough screen time. <laughs> I mean, there is plenty of screen time for the story that they are trying to tell, um, but I will always ask for more Haley Atwell. I and I don't, I don't want to incredible actress pull in too much from beating the beast yet because we were going to discuss them separately first, but. And we'll get back to this, but I just love how the backstory about her mother, played by Haley Atwell, was just, it just wasn't forced, versus I found that Belle's mother's backstory was very forced and heavy-handed in Beauty and the Beast. Yes, and I think I think the, the bit of Cinderella where her backstory with her mother works is that the messages that her mother gives her right from the beginning of the movie are the like the have courage and be kind are the words that she lives her life by and that she lives the the life of the movie by mm-hmm. so it wasn't sort of like we gave her a little extra background detail for the sake of having some extra background detail or since we mm-hmm. never got to see her mother in the animated film it's that her mother has a very specific reason why she's there in order to guide Ella's entire life. That's what we talked about with our issue with the introduction of Belle's mother's backstory about how her mother died of the plague is that we don't, we didn't see how that affected Belle as she is when we see her. Like what did it, it didn't didn't, change anything about, she was curious about it and she always felt like it was something she was missing. And then when she learned the information, it doesn't change who she, who she was. She's already a strong lady. Like it didn't make her, it didn't, yeah. Like it would be one thing if it profoundly changed her outlook on her father. I mean, and then maybe she sang the lovely song from the Broadway show, A Change in Me. That they didn't put in the... But, like, it doesn't... It didn't change It didn't change it didn't, her in yeah. any way. She already loved her father. She was already willing to give her life for her father. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if the argument is that the background of her mother is so that she can understand why her father did the things he did... I, was she that... She wasn't that mad about it, I don't think. I think she was just curious. No, she was curious. Yeah. And, I mean... It, it, it was just like a nothing. And okay. you were speaking of have courage and be kind. Yeah. To me, that's one of the things that sums up why Cinderella is such a well-done live-action remake is because it gave us this whole new catchphrase that I see everywhere now, have courage and be kind, mm-hmm. that it's playing on the same themes that were in the animated movie and why we love it, but it it's something fresh that reminds us why Cinderella is a good fairy tale in the first place because yeah. that's the ultimate lesson. Yeah, I remember that, I mean, there was like an interview with people who were kind of like, Walt, why did you? Why are you choosing Cinderella's castle to be um, like the the castle for the Magic Kingdom in, in the Florida project? And they were like, she doesn't do anything. It's just sort of like everything just happens to her. And he was like, it's exactly the opposite where mm. she spends her life. And he was like, she's a representation of people who work hard and keep hope alive and try and work towards something better for themselves, getting the reward. It's, mm. it's the American dream. Like mm. Cinderella really is sort of like an epitome of someone who is working hard despite extreme cruelty and, who's keeping the hope alive in herself and mm. that hope will be rewarded. And the it's way not it's, unseen. Yes. And the way that it's performed um, by Lily and the way it's written is the stepmother and stepsisters just, they, they take her down really slowly. And it's a process mm. where like you see that she all of a sudden finds herself completely serving them. And it was a really slow process. And people try to take down Cinderella by being like, well, why wouldn't she just leave? One, you see in this that she's like, I promised my father I would never leave this house. This is our house. But it, it happens in really slow ways. Like, she gets moved to the attic because little, she's forced there. And she's also like, well, like little I can concessions. be. And she's like, sure, I can be away from them anyway. I'll go up to the attic. I'll have some peace and quiet. Yeah. And it just, they slowly break her down. And it's, it's that's the kind of deepening that I enjoy in a live action remake. Instead of forced backstories and, and just like 
too much hodgepodge, like, reasoning for everything on top. Yeah, I think, and I think you're right in saying that what Cinderella does such a good job of in the live-action remake is deepening Mm. the story, as opposed to frantically trying to cover plot holes that people Mm -hmm. can poke in it. Because, I mean, folks, these are fairy tales. Like, Mm -hmm. there are going to be plot holes galore, because... They are fairy tales. They are sort of universal stories that you can apply to anything. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to be like, but what about her mother? Blah, 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 blah. They're not trying to just kind of like plug all of the holes of the ship. They're just trying to bring it and ground it really, really, really deeply in how this could actually happen in this specific time and Mm -hmm. place. Um, I like, for example, I love how part of the bond between Cinderella and Kit, the prince, in this version. Thanks for a name, Disney. Thank, Thank yes, you. There we go. Just little things like that. Um, they bond so much over the loss of their parents, or mm-hmm. you know, he at some spoiler, we we see the death of the king in this, which I just really enjoyed because we got a moment of a male, strong, handsome, princely male crying over his father mm-hmm. and do you, you see them at the end of the movie they have four portraits of all of their parents up in the castle and that's something that really connects them just small things that are like okay why do these two people have such a quick connection maybe yeah in real life that's something that connects you to people is that if you've gone through the same kind of loss you understand each other implicitly already and that's it but it's su- it's such a subtle touch mm-hmm. subtle just uh, the way that they just did their whole relationship by it Ah, between yeah. Cinderella and the prince, I just really just loved it. Yeah, I agree. I So, yeah, I think argument number one for why Cinderella is such a good live-action remake is the deepening of the story. Making things really real in a, a place where magic is sort of like... There's motivation behind the magic. Yes. Motivation behind the magic. And there's... These homages to the original animated film, again, in just lighter ways. Like, for some reason, one of the images that always stuck with me from the animated version is the serving bells um, that that Cinderella Mm -hmm. sees in the kitchen. That's like an image from the animated movie that always stuck with me. And they put that in the live action film and they had it look exactly the same without having to recreate every scene, scene for scene. Give me little images that are like, oh, yeah, this is a remake of that movie I grew up with. Cool. Right. Um, And then, I mean, kind of going back to the sort of, like, deepening thing, my last little tidbit is Mm. from the special features, I believe it's Kenneth Branagh who says this, where he says, it's heightened, emotionally, it's real. (sighs) And if that's that's what you're striving for in this movie, you did it. Mm -hmm. You did it. It's Mm -hmm. extremely heightened, it's whimsical, it's magical, but emotionally it's real, plot make the plot makes sense you understand why people are doing the things that they are doing and, and the, the best moments they chose the best moments to be the ones to be expanded like her you know trying on the glass slipper for the last time and he finds out that she's the one from the ball they gave the the dialogue in that scene is so beautiful like where she's like will you just take me as i am and we don't get that in that and that's just it's like if you and the fact that he recognizes her Immediately when yes. she walks in. It's yes. not like, a, just, oh, I need you to try on the shoe first and then like, oh. which doesn't happen in the original. But like, it happens in other representations of the story yes. that he doesn't know until she puts the shoe on. It's like, no, as soon as she walks in, he recognizes her immediately as the as the girl that that's, he met. That's like, how you know it's a good version of Cinderella. Like the Brandy Cinderella, the mm-hmm. Wonderful World of Disney one, right away when she comes in at the end, he knows it's going to be her. Yeah. Oh, and I mean... um, Going with the, it's heightened emotionally, it's real. You were like, they picked the best moments to expand upon. Yes, I'm like, but they also made it so that the best moments of the movie are not the magical ones. Yes. The best moments of the movie are the very real ones. Where Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, the dress transformation is incredible. Yes. Yes. But that's not what I walk away thinking about. But like... The, the scenes that they really, really took the time with that are meant to really hit home are the ones Our that are people mm-hmm. talking to one another, having meaningful conversations and acting their faces off. Ugh, which they just all, ugh, which they just all do. Like nobody is, nobody is in there being like, okay, I'm going to phone in a cartoon now. Everyone is get, just giving real 
drama. Kate Blanchett, you oh, shall not gosh. go to the ball. So so with, real with like tears in her eyes. Yes, and oh, smashing gosh. this the yes. slipper against the wall like. Those moments, they're not anything really complicated to film. They're okay. not like, oh, we're going to make her dress, like, change mm-hmm. on stage. The ball scene, like, the ball scene is, I'm sure, incredibly complicated to shoot. But the magic of it all comes in how real the environment was and how real the dancing was. And mm-hmm. even more than that, the fact that the camera work is so focused on the two of them and you get yes. so many close-ups of them seeing each other and even having dialogue as they're dancing where she's like everyone's, everyone's looking, looking at you and he's like no believe me everyone's looking at you which like uh, and they they i there's nothing wrong with the choreography in the ball scene of eating the beast per se but again the focus was more on the cgi lights and, and stuff like that just yeah. the fact that they gave them real intricate ballroom choreography to do it just it i, I think i wrote down too there's a feel in this of just a plain old 1700s period drama. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's, it just makes it a good standalone movie. Even if you don't, even if you haven't seen the animated one. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah. It, yeah. I agree. The it's, only thing I miss is the songs. Yeah. Especially because we get them on the, on the album and Lily James sounds beautiful singing she A Dream really Is A does. Wish Your Heart Makes. Beautiful. What a beautiful singing voice. Yes. On one of the most sort of like melancholy songs ever. Yes. Written. Sad. Uh, it's a sad song. No matter how your heart is grieving. Oh my gosh. Like they should have kept that in. They really There's should. only two. There. Uh, they could have kept those in. What a shame. I get that I maybe mean, it felt funny. So this is love is the third one. Oh. Mm, yeah, I didn't really and want that. C- okay. And Cinderella. No. Oh, yeah. And sing sweet. Oh, but they replace that with Sweet Lovers Love the Spring by the Stepsisters, which is so funny. And a Shakespeare reference. Actually, both of these live action have Shakespeare references, which I really enjoy because Sweet Lovers Love the Spring is from As You Like It. I enjoy that reference because Kenneth Branagh. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Like, so, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think the other sort of really, really great thing about this movie is the, the performances are so grounded and that the movie is not about the spectacle it's not about the magic of it it's about characters it's Mm -hmm. it's so character driven Mm -hmm. so it's not about we've got a bunch of plot points to hit let's hit them it's like no we've got a very very simple plot we'll work from that and we'll fill it with these characters and look at how they are motivated in what, in what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I think is sort of like a trap of a lot of movies nowadays, nowadays where you're like, you look at a live action remake of something and everyone's looking for a shot for shot remake where they're like Mm -hmm. everything, we have to hit all of these certain moments and blah, 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 blah. Where this one was like, no, let's grab the general arc of the Cinderella story. Yes. Let's general arc. Let's write a story that follows that arc and let's explore the characters who have to travel that path. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did, which Mm -hmm. is what I would argue Beauty and the Beast does not do a good job of. Yes. Because they seem more interested in hitting moments that viewers should expect as opposed to take the story that we love, take the songs that we love and use that as a skeleton and build a new story within it. I'll give them a little bit of credit in terms of Beauty and the Beast. I still stand by the fact that Cinderella is the superior movie. Beauty and the Beast is more, the animated movie is more beloved than the Cinderella animated movie. And... I think the problem is because of all of the music, in some way you have to follow the structure, the same structure, because of the, the songs have to come at a certain point. So mm-hmm. I know that that's difficult. But I saw this really interesting meme that somebody made online about there are some people who are arguing that these anim- these the remakes of these animated films are kind of sucking a lot of the life out of these characters. Because somebody put a side-by-side of the um, animated Jafar and the live-action Jafar and the animated scar and the quote-unquote live-action scar. Which is really just better animation. Yeah. It's just CGI. It's better animation. Um, and they really had a good point is there's so much more villainy, character, mood, spirit in these hand-drawn ones than these live-action ones. And I think 
the Cinderella movie does not, I think there's just as much life and character in the performances of the actors. But then in Beauty and the Beast, I think that's what happens, is there's not as much soul as the animated drawings have. Yeah, and I think it's because they're not focused so much on the acting. Like, I think if you're going to bring these characters to life, if you're going to bring these stories to life, your focus has to be on the acting. You have to have the best people not phoning it in, giving it their all. Because, I mean, it's it's heightened. But emotionally, it's real. Mm-hmm. And that's what animation gave us. Mm-hmm. Is like, yes, exactly. They gave, exactly. Us, they gave us these fantastical elements. But the emotion of it is so real. Mm-hmm. I mean, Belle weeping over the beast is yes. so real. Paige O'Hara in the booth weeping yes. to the point where they were like, are you okay? And she was like, I was acting it. Mm-hmm. I had to do and, this. Or, or Belle's face when the beast reveals himself in the animated movie. There's so much going on in her eyes. Exactly. And in... If you're going to do a live action movie, you have to have everything that is being told character wise in those stories needs to be in the acting. And I, I think that, I think it's also a a problem with the direct, with the directing between Mm -hmm. Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella, Mm -hmm. where Kenneth Branagh is really an actor's director because he is an actor himself and he direct Shakespeare like he's adapted so much to doing like sometimes a fairy tale as you can get exactly and he's adapted so much Shakespeare for film specifically so he's so focused and he's so he's paying such close attention to making sure that the characters are filled to the brim with inner life Mm -hmm. where it feels sort of like in live action Beauty and the Beast that it's it's sort of like cookie cutters and just sort of like moving pieces yes and sort of two-dimensional like paper dolls of people yes. across a storyline that you've created hard because again I, i'm trying to give the most credit i can to beauty and the beast because again the job is harder there's it's just hard so much do. there's more fantasy in it there is there's just there's there's more inanimate objects that talk and you know there's a lot which leads me to my i'm, I'm flipping to my beauty and the beast notes um <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we're really all over the place in this. <laughs> My, well, when but, we watched it, we began our viewing with the overture, which was not included when we went to see it in theaters. Correct. Um, Highly recommend uh, watching watch the it with overture. the overture. Or maybe don't, because it'll get your hopes up way too much for what kind of movie you're about to Because it sets it up see. as what exactly what you would want the Beginning of the Beast film movie, which is grand and opulent, but also like... It just every swell of the music just bring, like brings you to this different emotional place. Like, Beauty and the Beast is an epic story. It's, it is, it's why it's really I I think hands down the most beloved Disney animated film. I think so as well. It's it's epic, but it's epic not just in terms of the story that's being told, the fantasy elements of it. But in terms of the emotional journey that has to happen. And the music that takes you on the emotional journey. Exactly. And I think that this it. overture really got me excited mm-hmm. for the the size and the scale of it all. Because I was like, this is grand. We're really doing this. Like, we're going for it all the way. And because and- Beauty and the Beast is so much about the music, which is beautiful from the original... The fact that for me, oh, I feel so uncomfortable saying this because we're a performer. Like, I never, I'm not coming from criticizing performances like, we could do it better. Just as pure Disney fans. And as a viewer. And as just as a viewer. For me, the voices, the singing voices. It just sounds too produced. Yes. And I also credit it to the music producers of it where they there's should too much auto-tuning there's too much auto-tuning and if you're gonna sell me on an epic story i need to i need to feel it and they mm-hmm. produced the feeling out of it they produced the acting yes out of yes. out of the singing it sounds like someone took a studio album and just played it over top of images with the exception of gaston with the exception of Gaston, and I would also say with the with the exception of anything Andre McDonald's doing, okay. and yes. with the exception of Kevin Klein's "How Does a Moment Last Forever," that, and I remember 
Because that's real. That's yes. acting. And that came right at the beginning of the movie, and I got chills when he was just singing and working on his little clocks. And I was like, oh, this is, this." I was like, okay, this isn't No Matter What, the song from the Broadway show that I really love. I was like, but this is some, we're going another way. I'm here for it. Yeah. And then, so one of my points was, I was like, yeah, you know, the Broadway songs are better. What is the point of these new ones? And so, for example, Home, that Belle sings in the Broadway show. What's the point of having it be overproduced and putting it in the animated movie? I wish, I mean, in the live action movie. I wish in the live action movie, because we're supposed to be, as we were saying, deepening and expanding, I wish we would give Belle more of another song to, you know, reveal what's going on emotionally for her. That we really, that's really missing for her in the animated movie. Like, she's... Maybe the favorite princess, but she doesn't have part of your world. She has, like... She has... I want... I want yes, adventure yeah. in the Great White somewhere. Yeah, she gets, like, two seconds. Which, I mean, I will Love say... <laughs> I will say that, like, we learn so much about her in the in that section. Yeah, and the witch is, like, the wife of that borscht, brainless. Like, yeah, that's great. Um, But, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna turn Beauty and the Beast into a two-plus-hour movie... You can, you, you, can, you can afford to give us that. And I know there are a lot of people out there who really prefer the uh, the live action... I can't remember what it's called because I don't like it. The, the Beast song. Oh, Evermore. Evermore. Everybody... A lot of people like that better than If I Can't Love Her from the Broadway show. Connor's one of them. I, I, I kind of liked it. Oh, this is good. This is a little debate. Let's this do a little, it. This is a little bit. I, I, I will say the lyrics are suffering. I, th- I was the one who had it all. Yeah, I know. Um, I think the lyrics are suffering. Um, I think the tune is better than If I Can't Love Her. But I feel like the tune is trying to get at the same thing, the same emotional feeling that If I Can't Love Her did. It is. I also sort of inherently trust Alan Menken that, like... That's why it feels so weird I for know. me right now to be criticizing Alan Menken. I'm like, are you serious right now? Um, but but here uh, we are. that's why I think the I think the score of it went in a in a good direction. Um, because, I mean, If I Can't Love Her is just... It's, it's very sort of... Um, um, recitative mm-hmm. like it's very sort of like speak singing through a lot of it before it goes into the sort yeah. of like um, into a yeah. more into a more lyrical place yes. and uh, sort of brings out the theme from the, the overture like the, yes. the opening yes yes dun, dun, um, dun, 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 dun. exactly yeah. um, and I can see why on film that would not read as much because recitative is really hard to sell on film i.e. lame as rob like <laughs> hugh jackman they did it though they did it though because they were acting their faces exactly. off exactly they were acting oh, their faces we off we needed that just translated into beauty and the beast and it would have been if the singing had been live with amazing singers beauty and the beast could you imagine it would it would have been incredible. i see what you're saying though because part of the impact for me if i can't love her is i remember seeing it on broadway and part of it is that at the big finale of the song which ends act one the his tower spins out just so that you see he starts in the tower with the rose and then it spins and he's singing out the window to the stars mm-hmm. and that's how the first act ends and it's stunning but yeah we there's so much cgi and so many other effects in the movie it wouldn't have the same impact right and it's also you know the beast contemplating suicide which i, I love it dark i love it, it i love it dark too but i can see where disney was like okay we don't want to we might need some new lyrics because we don't want the beast to be contemplating suicide, but then I would also say those are the lyrics that we came up with. Oh yeah, I just don't. It's grown on me over time for sure. I just don't like that song. I yeah. Um. <laughs> I would love to hear you sing it, Connor. Oh, thank you. We we also talked about the possibility of could they have done the beast without CGI? Could they have done some really nice prosthetics? And the answer is yes, because Jim Carrey is the Grinch. I mean, he had to undergo like. Um, psychological training so he wouldn't go crazy sitting in the chair for that many hours but i think it should have been prosthetics i think it should have as well because i mean okay so everyone knows that the thing that dates a movie that really defines something even tv show even game of thrones like the thing that defines it in terms of its sustainability long term is the use of cgi Mm -hmm. and how good the cgi is they already had so much on their plate, CGI-wise, yeah. in this movie to do. 
And I think that there's a lot of CGI that is actually really good. I think I think Mrs. Potts and I think Chip are some of the most incredible CGI to look at because they've sort of just it really it really it was looks a really that was a really hard problem to solve and I think they did the best they could do with it. Yes. Yeah. And like I think the BR guest sequence has a lot of really cool moments where they're they're doing a full on light show on this blue screen and empty table and they're incorporating like when those doors open up during the beef ragu cheese souffle, like all that stuff mm-hmm. and those carts are coming in yeah those are real props yeah like those are real and so they're they're doing such a great job of mixing real and cgi together and that is what makes really good cgi of being able to mix real elements and cgi together and blend them in such a way that you can't tell what's what, and mm-hmm. that's what drives sustainability. When you're posed with the character of the Beast, I would argue that the Beast is not as fantastical as, say, like a dragon in Lord of the Rings or mm-hmm. something like that. There are We've seen ways in order to do this right without CGI. And everyone knows that when you have an opportunity to use puppets or an opportunity to use prosthetics, do it. Mm-hmm. When you have a Disney budget, you do prosthetics and you do puppets. There's because... one specific scene where we, we pointed out when we were watching where he and Belle are on the bridge in the snow. He sticks out like a sore thumb. He just looks yeah. fake. Yeah. And it's like... When you're using real materials, like you use real materials to build a puppet, you use real materials in prosthetics and hair and makeup, like it 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 keeps it mm-hmm. it keeps long term. When yeah. you when you watch, I mean, when you watch Star Wars right. and you look at and you look at the not if you can get your hands on a VHS tape of the original Star Wars before they went in and they added in all the like CGI things that just sort of look absolutely ridiculous look at yoda like mm-hmm. the original yes, yoda yes. in like episode uh, like five and six mm. it stands yes. it, it holds up when yeah. you even look at yoda in um the last jedi they they brought out the puppet because he's in there in the world yes so it all gels yes um and i think it was a mistake to completely cgi the beast Mm -hmm. i would i would even be okay if you did partial cgi where like there were yes there were some elements that were cgi like i can understand like maybe needing to cgi the the wolf sequence like yeah a hundred percent to make the beast blend with cgi wolves i get that and they start i mean when they motion capture dan stevens like they have that footage online of you can see him and emma watson walking in to do the ballroom scene and she's in the full ball gown and he's in this, these, he's got the stilts, yeah. but then the rest of it is just foam. I'm like, okay, why don't we just put him on the stilts, cover those stilts in fur? Like, let, just start making as, the most of it real that you can. Yeah. I mean, this is also coming from two people who have really no idea how CGI Wait, oh, works. Oh, no, no. Hold on. Pause the <laughs> We're talking just out our you-know-whats. We, it's really hard. Our asses. <laughs> yes. We're talking out of our asses right now. Um, well, which brings us to also, we should definitely talk about the ball gown. <laughs> we could not stop ranting about this ball gown when we were okay. watching it. If you want to see costumes at their finest, watch Cinderella. If you want I to see... something online where somebody really took down that ball gown, and I really love it. I think that With ball the butterflies? Ga- I think the ball gown is great. I think she her wedding dress it. is even better. Yeah, the wedding dress... <sighs> Is my wedding dress. Like, it... It, it like, has become real women's wedding dresses, so they, that's how you know you did a good job. Like, one of, the, one of the great things I think about the costumes in Cinderella is... It's one where the costume... The costumes have a journey, mm-hmm. as well as the acting. Like, they're... they're Even her peasant dresses, um, Cinderella's peasant dress, is just so, so nice. Yeah, there's really a lot of thought into the evolution of the costumes and the sort of viewer expectation and one-upping it. Like when I saw that ball gown, I, I thought it was, I thought it was stunning. Mm -hmm. I thought it was exactly what I was looking for. It's exactly what I was hoping for when she's talking about how she wants to wear her mother's dress. Yes. They they even put a little light touch of reasoning behind it, but it wasn't heavy. I wanted to wear my mother's dress, but she's going to zhuzh it up. Like, 
I still saw all of the elements of her mother's dress in the newly expanded one. Like, we still saw the silks. We saw the sort of basic... Mm -hmm. The basic shape of it has just been kind of expanded upon. So, like... And then... After the ball gown, where I'm like, how do we get better than this? We get better with her wedding that gown. That wedding gown. Like, there's just, there's just such a strong story in the movement of the costumes the of every character. Like, yeah. the silhouettes. I mean, can we talk about a more striking entrance than Lady Tremaine's entrance into the house where her face is completely covered mm-hmm. by her hat and then she just sort of, like, turns yes. around? like Or the beautiful, like, velvety green coat for Kit. Exactly. And I mean the really nice uh, leggings that we get to see him in as well. Don't mind it. Calm down. But, again, I'm going to give them credit. Belle's dress, I'm going to say, the most iconic princess dress. So you, it's hard, especially when Emma Watson said, I don't want to wear a corset under it. That A corset's just going to give it a certain type of shape that you can't have without a corset. Fine. If she didn't want to wear a corset, it's okay. But even, like, I'm looking at those gauzy like cap sleeves that are on this one and I'm like I can't I just want to take my hands and push them to the side of her shoulders so we get the drop shoulder and that that necklace that she wears that's like a tree or something what is that a bunch of ornate it doesn't have any meaning like the 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 butterflies on Cinderella's dress have a specific meaning what is that tree branch doing on her It, it and I feel like it's because it's very marketable and it's easy to recreate and sell in the Disney store don't get me wrong Jacqueline Duran knows what she's doing in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, with that resume, I'd be like, you're hired. Like, a resume of atonement, pride and prejudice, like, you're, you're fine. Anna Karenina, you know what, you know what you're doing. You know how to make a costume have journey in it. I think that the costume, the, the journey of the costumes was not all that interesting. And I think partly because of, partly because... I, and I feel like this, I'll attribute this to the direction. I I just feel like it was, the movie was just so produced in all aspects that they produced the uniqueness out of it. Like the fact that in the end, when we have an opportunity to see these characters that we've only known as objects Mm -hmm. and we get to see them. A lot. They're all wearing the same basic kind of costume. Or and they're and all wearing the white powdered white. We get to see Belle and now Adam uh, interact as just as humans, and there's no chemistry at all. And yeah. like her, the one, the last thing we're gonna have Belle no. say is, "What do no, you think do about it. growing a, a beard?" And then he and then he roars. Ro- what that 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 deeply at the time I remember the first time I saw the movie in movie theaters I was just so excited that I, I didn't have a critical eye exactly but I remember that moment made me mad yeah um but oh wait I had this oh the dress yes when you're talking about the you losing the uniqueness it's like that quote I think maybe it's Coco Chanel I don't remember who it is but some fashion person is like when you look at your outfit and you look at yourself in the morning take off like two of the accessories and then you've got the outfit. I feel like that's the exact problem that Beauty and the Beast has. Is like one, I think the ornateness of the castle at times is too much because you said you don't know where to focus your eyes. Sometimes. Exactly. The the set is just so busy. Mm-hmm. It is like, and I get that you're trying to go for a like we are committing to like baroque. I love period. it. Yeah, and I'm I love like, that. I think so. I think that's great. I'm like Cinderella also really yes. committed to period. But it was cleaner. But it was clean. Yeah. It was clean, and I always knew where to look. There was enough mm-hmm. reasoning behind the production design that I knew what was important and what wasn't. Things blended well together. I mean, when you take a look at the West Wing sequence, like going into the West Wing, like going up the staircase and then into the wing and then looking around and then running out. It is so busy. Mm-hmm. It is so busy. I can't... You don't focus I, on the Enchanted Rose, which is the most iconic image. I Exactly. And I'm like, I don't know what to look at. And so my story, the story is being lost because... You are not directing me to focus on anything. You are not... You need to be pixie choosy as a director mm-hmm. about this is important and this is not. That is your job. You have to say this is important and this is not. And what it felt like is it felt like 
the way Americans speak, where <laughs> everything is stressed, everything is important. How and I, it's just how I not. realized I've been talking about this movie. I was like, whoa, I'm getting really like, I know. It it's up. just like every like it's not all that not everything needs to have the same weight as everything because else. Because for and me, it's in the it's in the it's in the production design. Yes. It's in the costume design. It's in the music produ- production. It's it's everywhere. The it's, everything is so important. West Wing inspired more fear in me than the live action one. Like, just looking at the, yes, the, and also everything was ripped up and everything was shredded up. It was really creepy. It was it was and I'm like And this it just was dark? I would I would actually this is if anyone has a PlayStation 2 or a PlayStation 3 <laughs> or whatever, go play Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 2, you get to go into the animated Beast Castle. And they've taken all of the renderings and designs from the film and built them into a, into a world that you can run around in and blah, 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 blah. That production design in that animated film is so good <laughs> because... It captures this magical castle, but you never feel overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And I feel so overwhelmed by the production design, specifically of the castle in Beauty and the Beast. And I would rather her gown, I'd rather be overwhelmed by the amount of things on that gown. Honestly, the Broadway show version, there's a lot happening on that gown, and I still love it. I'm like... There's like 10 million ribbons, uh, poofs everywhere. And honestly... I bet you, I bet you that if they had toned down the production design and the amount of, the amount of sort of like eye, like ornateness that we've been like blinded with throughout the entire film, I bet you her gown would have stood out more. You're right. Because you know what? I do understand. I bet seeing it in, in like a glass box in a studio, I bet you were like, holy God, that's stunning. But because it's against that ballroom, that is so busy and then you've got all these like magical fairy lights behind and it I where you're like those. the fairy light the fairy <laughs> lights are great but like it's it's more it's it's more beautiful than the gown yes exactly i'm like why why are you making anything you know more beautiful I think than the you gown solved the problem because i i've been thinking especially the way that emma watson approached the character i'm like okay it can't be the most frou-frou-y done-up gown ever because that's not her she wouldn't enjoy wearing that that's right take everything else down around her and then if it's a more simple yellow gown than in the animated movie. It's okay because it still stands out. I mean, if you look at the animated movie, that gown, it's beautiful. It's not complex. Yes, it's, right. It's really just, it's just like a nice poof and a drop shoulder. shoulder. It's the drop shoulder. Like I stand by it. Just it, If you could, someone would just take Emma Watson's sleeves and just push them down. Mm, yes. And that's really, it's very, it's very simple. It's beautiful, but it's very simple because it's so focused on the movement of it, the color of it. And, and also her hair isn't done up in a very fancy way. It's just pulled no. the front of it's the top of it's pulled back into a little in, bun. Into a bun. And then so. it sort of falls down. Yeah, that's and, a little messy almost. Yeah. Like the rest of it. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because we are meant to focus on that. And they've designed the ballroom in the animated film in such a way that you always know where to look. You know, they've recreated the animated ballroom beautifully at the Be Our Guest restaurant in Disney World. I remember right. what, the first time but, I was going there, I, I could I was so excited I couldn't even speak because I was like, I've wanted to be inside that ballroom since I was two. Mm-hmm. The one in the in the live action, I have no desire to be in that ballroom. No, no desire to be like, in there. I don't really want to be there. I, These movies, you got to make me want to be there. Cinderella's ballroom in the live action, definitely want to be there. I want to walk down the staircase for sure. epic does not mean elaborate mm-hmm. there is such there it, it, so you can have something that is extremely grand and simple yeah and i feel like bill condon does not <laughs> understand that which kind of leads me to my kind of greater argument i don't know if this movie needed to be made because they're not deepening the story yeah they're frantically cl- trying to plug holes in an existing story the new things that they're introducing don't have any sort of follow-up or any sort of like aren't tied in at the end like the whole bell's mother thing there's no payoff to it mm-hmm. bell with her i'm like even something as simple as bell with her laundry machine that she's created yeah. the laundry machine that she like spends all this time with that becomes like a thing 
never comes back. I read something too that was the fact funny. that she, the fact that she's an inventor does not come do, like why do we have to make her an inventor if yeah. we don't actually get to see her invent anything to save the day in the end. Exactly. And the funny thing is too is she somebody... picks a lock. Oh my yes. god! But she doesn't even pick the lock. Yeah. Maurice picks yes. the fucking lock. Simplify it. Simplify the, it. The the magic book thing, that's another thing where it's introduced and there's really no payoff. But it's hard because in a way, I get why they did it because I'm like, it is what I want in a way where it's deepening. You want to add the historical plague. I'm intrigued. But then it it just didn't lead to anything. Like, what if... Like, even if it's like an opportunity to bond where, like... The, like the plague yeah. got, got I know his I was just parents. about to say oh, it's gonna be the same thing as Cinderella then but yeah sure the plague got his parents too yeah like, I, I mean I mean there's a reason why that sort of like it's trope a reason why all of the Disney parents die that. yeah um because it's a it's an easy way to bond people like yeah. you can bond over tragedy so I mean and I think they sort of had some of that in like his mom died of illness but like we need, oh if, she did but oh, like yeah but like if we're going to say oh, go as far as to say. Belle's mother died of plague. Mm-hmm. Why are we not going as far to say the beast's father or mother died of plague? Yeah, yeah. So there's or just, just like, have her dis- like we said before, have her discovering that means something later on. So it just seems like there are a lot of things that are done to cover plot holes that honestly the general public doesn't really mind because mm-hmm. it's a freaking fairy tale. Yeah, and then there are a lot of things that are added seemingly to deepen but don't actually deepen anything mm-hmm. so like then they the just enchantress aka what's her name agatha agatha so Agony. then it so then it just becomes adding things on just to make it so like look we're not doing exactly the same thing there's a reason why we're doing what we're doing i'm like no there really isn't i think it i think this whole movie just needed more time to just cook because i, I they could have thought more about what they wanted to do with the beast and how they were going to do it and then I think all of the gut instincts of the plague and deepening the something that has to do with the enchantress and not just having her be this random person who wanted revenge, I'm okay with that, but just needed more thought. See, I don't need the enchantress. I remember you said that, yeah. Like I don't I don't need I don't need the enchantress being a player because she's not. All she is is she is an inciting incident. And just having her watch Bell cry over the beast, yeah. just something else that ruined that. I'm like I'm like, why? Because then also like the message of the story is not that Bell, Bell and the Beast won the day. It's that they lost, and then the Enchantress had some pity for them after the fact. And I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, our protagonists don't even have the ability to try and change their own fates. It's completely at the disposal of this, like, tertiary character who exists on the sidelines. And then, exactly. And I'm like, and that's not the story of Beauty and the Beast. It's not a deus ex machina. It is earned. Like, the I love you that Belle gives before the last petal falls, before the last petal falls, Mm -hmm. is earned. We watch it happen in the movie. That is the whole point of their relationship is so that she can get to the point where she says that Yes. Before it's completely over. Yes. They made the bigger tragedy of that scene out to be the loss of the inanimate object. Yes. Because they really wanted to show... Like, the reason they wanted the last petal to fall first is they wanted us to see all of them, you know, effectively die. Mm-hmm. Um, to pull our heartstrings because I think they secretly sort of knew... That Dan Stevens and, and Dan Stevens and Emma were not selling us on mm-hmm. on that love story. I think they just pulled back from the love story because people accuse the original story of the, of her having Stockholm syndrome. It's and a love story. It's just uh, Beauty and the Beast. And I'm tired li- of people saying that feminist characters can't have a romantic plot line. That that's completely antithetical to the whole point of feminism. And if Beauty and the Beast is not a love story, I don't know what is. Yes. I really don't know what is. It is about someone loving someone despite their worst yes. and bringing out the best in them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is love. Learning how to see eye to eye. Yep. That is love. 
creating a partnership. Even more so than The Little Mermaid, which is like, let me change who I am to go be with you. This yeah, is better. This is, this like, is I'm going to bring out the best in you. You're going to bring out the best in me. We're going to be a team in this. It's not going to happen overnight. We're going to fight. We're going to be really mad at each we're other. We're going to fight. We're going to make up. We're going to find the little everyday things that we love about one another. We're going to give gifts to each other. Yeah, we're going, wow. like, it's, We're going to disappoint each other sometimes. We're going to disappoint each other. We're going to be Someone's willing... Someone's going to leave. Yeah, we're going to be willing to let you go. We're going to be willing to put it all on the line. We're going to be willing to die for each other. That, <gasps> wow. like, if Beauty and the Beast is not a love story, yeah. I don't know what is. And the fact that they're playing the, excuse me, fucking Death of the Beast music over the inanimate objects and not Belle and the Beast is a fucking crime. I absolutely love the kiss at the end of Beauty and the Beast in the animated film when they're back in the ballroom and everybody's there. They didn't even kiss in the final scene. So if it's not about... So people are going to say, well, it's not about that. Well, then what was this movie about then? If, if you were trying to make it about this independent woman named Belle, it wasn't about that either. So what was the movie about if it wasn't going to be a romance with them kissing at the end? And, I mean, kind of furthering my theory that I don't think this movie should have a, a should have been made is, I mean, Cinderella, you got a hefty time between the original and yes. the remake. Jungle Book, you got a hefty time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Beauty and the Beast, which is already such a pretty perfect animated film. Oscar. I'm like, it is one of three animated films that have ever been nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture. Ever. It was the very first animated film Mm. to be nominated for Best Picture. That kind of a glass ceiling that had to be broken, that movie, you don't touch it. You just don't. Or you gotta make the live action be worthy of of winning Best Picture then. Exactly. I, I completely agree. And I mean, I think part of the reason why it got nominated for Best Picture was because of the achievement in the animation. Because of mm. how beautifully it told the story. I mean, look. Walt Disney tried to adapt that story himself, I think, three times. Mm. And he died before he ever could. And he died thinking it couldn't be done. Hmm. They did it. It got nominated for an Academy Award. And you have the gall to say, I'm going to remake it. Yeah. There it is. There was nothing missed. There was nothing that needed to deepen. Mm-hmm. So I think all the deepening that they're they're at they're having in this is not completely necessary, and they're not changing the art form. It's still a movie where I can understand deepening it when you're adapting it for Broadway stage because you're changing the art form. You're changing from and they added such wonderful music. Yes, and they deepened it correctly, mm-hmm. but like you're still sticking in film. Yes, one's animated. Yes, one's live action but you're still sticking to film that you're not changing the art form so and that's not to say that i think only one version of everything should exist i i and there, I totally, I totally understand there's so much love for some of these films that are just like we want more so they're like sure we'll just make it again but if you're gonna give us more you gotta you gotta you gotta give us something better than that it has they to had... be like fan fiction level where you're like oh i always Wanted that moment expanded on. That's how you should make it. Being yeah. like, I oh, I always, because I am obsessed with these characters in this story. I always wish that there was a scene where Belle and the Beast talked about this. That's how you should. That's the guideline that you should use. Yeah. We love these characters, so show us more about them. Tell me the budget for Beauty and the Beast. Oh yes, I think I know it, but I just want to make sure I read the exact correct number. It, it is um two hundred. $56 million. So that is more than twice the budget of Cinderella to come up short. But you know what? I was reading about Emma Watson's salary, and like maybe everybody in the movie's salary and contract worked like this, but you know she would make more depending on how well the movie did. And she ended up making a lot more than she originally signed the contract for because the movie did so well. <sighs> I so mean, it's never going to stop. They made so much money off of it. Yeah. But I mean, to be completely honest, I will watch Cinderella again because it speaks to my humanity. Beauty and I get and the... more out of it than when I watch the animated one now. Yes. And 
Beauty and the Beast, the live action version, I own it. I'm. I can honestly say I will be hard pressed to watch it again. But you know what's interesting? Because it doesn't um, speak to my humanity. Like it doesn't. On Rotten give me Tomatoes, hope. Cinderella has an eighty-four, and Beauty and the Beast has a seventy-one. So people, I would say, pretty much agree. Uh, but on IMDb, Cinderella has a six point nine. I never really trust. Be in the sixes. I never really trust IMDb because there's a lot because that's IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes at least waste critic critical content yeah. as well. IMDb does as well, but not as much as users. I mean, we've yeah. seen a lot of. But it's interesting to see that since um, Beauty and the Beast is a seven point two on IMDb, that critics cr- critics like this better than Cinderella. I think people are so quick to like write Cinderella off as fluffy, and but that was the last thing that this movie was. I think so too. Mm-hmm. And even if it is fluffy, how how fluffy did we did we get? Like, did we f- execute fluffy well? Yes. <laughs> um, like that, that should be a t-shirt. I think. <laughs> did we execute the fluffy well? Yes. I have no idea what our listeners are going to think. I have, yes. I have once no we, idea when we put you... this up, we will. I'm, I will post a very specific photo from both of these movies i'm sure and feel free on there to sound off or tweet us thanks for listening we'll see you next week uh where we will do something we'll do some more bitching more bitching about disney because we know you like it (laughs) we know you like it (laughs) the wheels are coming off it always happens right at this time when we're like, hey. Bug bit me. Just now? No, I, that's what I've been scratching at for the past like 10 minutes. You've been scratching? Yeah. I, I, not been I, I, thought, you, I thought you were looking at me. At one point you looked oh. at me and I was like, oh no, he can hear it in the microphone. Oh no, I, I have not been paying attention to you at all. You Red. Gust my. Red. Rude. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> okay. Goodbye.